Jesus the Word existed before Jesus came in the flesh as a man. Jesus the Word was there from the beginning with God, creating all things. Without the Word, nothing was created. All things were created by him from the beginning of time. In Genesis, we read this. In John chapter 1, we read this. First was the Word, and last will be the Word. The Word came for a short period of time in the flesh, in the form of a man named Jesus. Some people can't see Jesus as the Word. They have only an image of a man when you say Jesus. I would say that most people who attend church see Jesus in, as a man rather than understanding Jesus is the Word. This is what we're going to view today, and hopefully God will open some of your eyes if you are only seeing Jesus as some type of vapor or spirit or man as fleshly men. When we read the words of David, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Every time we read the word, the Lord, we should think of the Lord as being the word. What David is really saying is, The word is my shepherd. I shall not want. When I follow the word given me by God, there will be no want in my life. And that's exactly the way it is for us today. I know people don't always see Jesus as the word. A woman in our own church group didn't. I said, do you understand that every time you see the the scripture saying the Lord, it means the word. And she said, no, I didn't know that. I said, well, what did you think? Who do you think the Lord is? The Lord is the word that is brought to us by God from heaven. We're going to look at several scriptures on this today. John chapter 1 Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. How did God create the heaven and the earth? He said, let there be light, and there was light. He created it by the Word. The Word and God are as one. God speaks the Word. The Word creates. And in our lives, it's the same thing today. God, by his will, will bring us a word to show us what to do. That word is what we know as Jesus who came in the flesh at one point in time. But really, Jesus was the word before he came as Jesus. Now, when he came as Jesus, what happened? 
What, did, what happened when he came? He came as the Word, but his name was Jesus. And when he said, except you eat my flesh, you have no part in me, then the people said, what's he talking about? How can we eat his flesh? He's simply the son of Joseph and Mary. See, the only thing they saw was Jesus as a man, a fleshly man. They didn't see Jesus as the word. Unless we see Jesus as the word, unless God reveals Jesus as the word, you don't belong to God. It's only when we know Jesus is the word and we see the word behind everything that we belong to God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That's why those of us who belong to God see that word as being God. It's not an option. It's not something for us to consider doing. It is something we obey instantly because it's God and we see it as God. Unless you see the word as God, you don't belong to God. It's only when we see the word as being God that we do that word and know it's God and reverence it as God. Reading once again, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, by the Word. And without Him, without the Word, was nothing made that was made. In him the word was life. In him the word is life to us today. When we have the word revealed to us by the Spirit of God, we know the truth on the matter at hand. It is life. It shows us the path to go. We know for sure what to do. In him, the word, was life. And the life, the word, was the light of men. And it's our light today because it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The word is. I definitely see the word as God. Therefore, the word is not the opinion of man. The word is to be followed, obeyed, and reverenced. And to me, when we understand that, we have a fear of the Lord because we know if we go in a way opposite to the word, we go in the path of destruction. Therefore, we're afraid not to obey. To me, the following scripture describes the depth and the essence of the word. Proverbs 21, 30. There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord, against the word. When the word comes to us, that's all there is. 
There is no wisdom against it. There is no understanding against it. There is no counsel against it. We simply rejoice in the fact that God has given us the word and we know what to do and we do it. And we do it as quickly as we can do it. We don't reason it away as some do. We simply obey it, reverencing the word. You see, to worship means to obey. They say they have worship service and they're singing songs. But worship is really obeying. There are many who sing songs and get all emotional and jump up and down, and they don't do the word at all. That's not worship. Worship is obedience. The word is all there is. There isn't anything else. We follow the word, for there's no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel other than the word. Proverbs 16.5 The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. The Lord, the word, is the portion of mine inheritance. That word that has been given me by God is my inheritance. It's everything. Proverbs 16.5 Thou maintainest my lot. The word maintains my lot. Today God sends the word down to the believers in the form of a thought brought to the mind by the Holy Spirit. It can be a scripture or it can be a concept. Both are the word and are to be obeyed. That word leads us, guides us, gives us truth. And we follow that word in the same way that we would follow if God himself were standing in front of us, which he really is, through the word. It's not an option. It's not something we debate. It's real. It's true. It's all there is. It is the only way to go. We had a woman in our little church group that constantly twisted the word. And when I would carry a message to her, she would end up so twisted. She's not with us any longer. But she was with us for 39 years. At one point, she reported to us that God said to her, now is the time to get a dog. She twisted that part because God spoke that to her in, I believe she said, the month of November. She reported it to us in approximately March of the following year. She'd already disobeyed it. Now, what does now mean? It doesn't mean five months from now. It doesn't mean that you go away and study every breed of dog known to man and pick out the perfect dog, because there's no perfect dog. 
A dog is a dog. The one you love is the one you pick out. But you do it now if you're here to do it now. She didn't even do that part of the word. When she reported it to us, some of us rejoiced. We knew she needed something in her life. She lived alone. She was pretty much a hermit, kind of isolated, even from us. And we were so happy. She finally located a dog that she wanted in something like the month of June. She'd heard now is the time to get a dog back in the month of November the previous year. Still didn't have the dog. So she bought the dog, and they were going to deliver it to her. This woman got lost driving driving from her home sometime to a shopping center. She had terrible problems with direction. She is planning to go out to the Lubbock airport in the middle of the night, close to midnight, to pick up this dog. I was very concerned about her. The Lubbock airport is about 10 miles north of Lubbock, out in the middle of the country. I sometimes have trouble finding it in the daylight, and I have very good sense of direction. She can't find her way around downtown or the local shopping centers. So I was very concerned, and I turned to God and said, I'm very concerned about this. And I heard immediately what to do. Have her get a chauffeur car to pick her up and take her to get the dog. That way, she would not have to park in the pay parking lot in the middle of the night at the airport and go to pick up the dog. The chauffeur-driven car would pick her up at her house, drive her directly to the baggage area where the man would appear with the dog. She, the car would be waiting for her right there, and he would... They, they could take the man to his hotel and drop him off, and they could take her back to her house with the dog. It is so simple and so clear. And in Lubbock, Texas, which is in West Texas, it's not like being in New York City where it would cost a lot of money. I think it cost $30 for the round trip. It was so reasonable and safe. I rejoiced at, at that word. I presented it to her. The next time I talked to her, she said, well, I have hired the chauffeur-driven limousine. And she said, I don't need him to drive me to the airport. I have arranged for him to come to the next morning to this man's hotel to take him back to the plane. I was shocked. I was livid. She completely twisted everything. I was absolutely horrified at the plan she had come up with. The whole purpose of the thing was to cause her to be able to be safely taken to the airport in the middle of the night out in the country and then delivered back to her house. This man carrying the dog, he was a professional dog handler. He was an adult man. He was accustomed to traveling all over the United States and delivering animals. 
He was accustomed to hotels. He would not need a chauffeur-driven limousine to pick him up the next day to take him back to the airport because he was totally accustomed to doing this. This woman had so twisted the direction that she made it totally irrelevant. Well, I was really upset over this. By the time I finished talking to her, she changed it back to the original plan that the chauffeur-driven limousine would pick her up at her house and take her to the airport and deliver her back to her house. And the man, the next morning from his hotel, could find his own transportation. Some people just don't understand when a word is from God, and they just think it's optional, that they can change it and do whatever they want to with it. And they do the same thing to Scripture, which is God, in fact. All Scripture is inspired by God. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. When a Scripture is inspired by God, that means it's the same thing as it came down from heaven to that person like Paul who wrote the epistle. It was a revelation from God, and he presented it to us. It's from God. It's not from Paul. What I speak to you today is not from me. It's from God who's speaking through me to you. Romans 8:14 as many as are led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God John 6 is to me one of the most outstanding descriptions of the word coming down from heaven verse 28 then said they, the people who were gathered around Jesus, then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that be believe on him, the word, whom he God hath sent. This is the work of God that ye believe on him, the word. Believe on the word that God gives you. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest us then, that we may see and believe thee? What doest thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven, which is the Word. The Word brought down by God is that bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world, says Jesus. The bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven. He, the word, which cometh down from heaven, is the bread of God. No, the Lord's Supper is not crackers and grape juice. The Lord's Supper is that food that God brings us 
from heaven to show us the way to go in the issue at hand. Verse 34. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I, the word, am the bread of life. He that cometh to me, to the word, shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me, the word, shall never thirst. The word is everything. The word is Jesus. The word was here before Jesus came in the flesh. The word is Jesus. Verse 36. Jesus says, But I said unto you, that ye also have seen me, the word, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I, the word, came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which hath sent me, the word, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son, the Word, and believeth on him, the Word, may have everlasting life. We who believe the Word brought down from heaven, have everlasting life. And I, the word, will raise him up at the last day. Now there's going to be trouble. Then the Jews murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is this not Jesus? They could only see him in the flesh as a man. Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? They only saw him as a man. They did not see him as the word that came down from heaven. Verse 43, Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me, the word, except the Father which hath sent me draw him. And I, the word, will raise him up at the last day. I just can't believe how people will say they led so-and-so to Christ. They're so vain and arrogant. It is God who leads us to the word. Only God can open our eyes to the word. We can be sitting in a room and have God open our eyes to something, and nobody in the church building sees it but us. And yet people have the arrogance to think that because of what they did, they led somebody to God, to Jesus. That's ridiculous. It is the word that leads that person to Jesus. It is God, the word, that leads that person. No man, Jesus says, can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up 
at the last day. The word will raise him up at the last day, and in the day of judgment, we will be responsible and judged by the word. And how we have handled the word. Verse 45, Jesus says it is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God, which means by God. They shall all be taught by God, directly by God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned from the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verse 47, Verily, verily, I, the word, say unto you, He that believeth on me, the word, hath everlasting life. You cannot say you belong to Jesus and cast out Scripture. By casting out Scripture, you show you do not believe in Jesus. Jesus says, I, the word, am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I, the word, am the living bread, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world, said Jesus. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? I mean, we know his father, Joseph. We know his mother, Mary. How dare he say he comes down from heaven? All they saw was the flesh. They did not see him as the word from God. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. We eat the flesh of the Word and drink the blood of the Word when we do the Word and live in the Word and when it lives in us. Jesus says, Whosoever eateth my flesh, the Word's flesh, and drinketh my blood, the Word's blood, hath eternal life, and I, the word, will raise him up at the last day. You think about 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. How did Jesus raise the dead? It tells. He raised them by a shout, by the word. The word raised the dead. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 Back to John 6.55 Jesus says, For my, the word's flesh, is meat indeed, and my, the word's blood, is drink indeed. No, the Lord's Supper is not crackers and grape juice. The Lord's Supper is the word. The way we eat the word and drink the word causes our rejoicing in God. 
verse 56, Jesus says, He that eateth my flesh, the word's flesh, and drinketh my blood, the word's blood, dwelleth in me, the word, and I, the word, in him. Everything's the word. Verse 57, As the living Father has sent me the word, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me, the word. Verse 58. This, the word, is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread, the word, shall live forever. The majority of Christians today deny that Jesus, the Word, comes in the flesh to us today. But we know He does. We know He speaks to us. And we know that He lives in us by His Spirit. And we know that we follow Him by doing that which we hear from Him by His Spirit. And he takes us into paths of safety, freedom, comfort. And it's all done by one thing, the Word. This is a podcast that you may want to hear multiple times. Some of you will be drawn by God to these concepts. And you will see it in a totally different way than you previously saw it. Others will pass it by and go on with their various church groups. But some of you will see it in a new way. You will see that when it talks about the Lord in the Bible, the Lord is the Word. This is Joan Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.